This episode is sponsored by Filorga USA. To know about this van house oh that God. your family's creating in quarantine. Yes. Okay. So I don't know when this started with my family, but one day my parents were like, we bought an Airstream. And I was like, what's an Airstream? Yeah. So it looks like a like a old toaster, basically. Oh. Um, but you like pull it in the back of a truck. It's It's got like a bed and a shower and like couches and it's cute. Very cool. Um, so they love camping and they miss it a lot. So they've been going like all the time when it wasn't coronavirus. Like they always right. were at a campground. Sometimes if they weren't at a camp campground, they would sleep in it in the driveway. So it would just be like staying outside of the house. Yeah. Um, and so that's that. And then my brother forever was like, I want to turn a van into a home. And like a background on him, he went to school for sculpture. He oh, cool. works on movie sets. So he's like really handsy and like very really creative. Yeah, very creative and really like and talented in that way. So he bought a van, I think like this year at some point. And he's been working on it for six months because essentially he wants just to be able to travel around when he's not working because yeah. he works for like six months at a time and then he's off. So he started building it and now is pretty much done with it. it it's kind of amazing because it's just like a sprinter van that he yeah. he added a bed. It like um, there's a bathroom, there's a shower in it. I there's... saw it. Looks like a little house, like a yeah. apartment. Like he took the body wash from the shower the other day. I got so mad because he was showering in his van because he said it was better water pressure than what we have in the house. So <laughs> That's I was like, amazing. So yeah. And then the other day, I didn't realize this, but I was the only one sleeping in the house because everyone was in their vans in the driveway. Like my parents were in the um, Airstream. My brother was in his his van sleeping. <laughs> I was in the house by myself. Funny. Even Sully, like our dog, was out in the Airstream with them. So. <laughs> Wow. I'm glad I didn't know. I'm like, that's <laughs> pretty get cool. Scared. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So and I just did a tour of it. I know. <laughs> I so awesome. Uh, Krista said you had a session with her yesterday. How's oh that going? Yeah. She got me to cry. Oh my God. So, guys, if for you who don't know, Krista is a medium and a psychic, and she was actually on the podcast. We just launched her episode, but yeah, Sydney had a one. session with her yesterday. So, how was Yeah, it? so I wanted to go like more in depth on what we had talked about. We didn't include this in our podcast that we put out, but uh, she read our tarot cards and like gave us a background on like where we were energetically and like what we need to be focusing on. So, I wanted to go a little bit more in depth on that. Basically, she just found like all of my blocks. And I think that when <laughs> someone is saying those things to you, it's it's hard to hear, but it's exactly what you need to hear. Cause yeah. we're both of the type of people that always want to improve and keep yeah. working and developing. Sure. And she is great for that. So she's like a psychic, a medium, um, a life coach, all of the things. And she got right in there. And like at one point she channeled my grandma, which was really cool. And I'm always really connected to her. So that got me in my, in my feels, but um, it was a great session. Yeah, I feel like it gives you just like insight into your life and just helps reinforce like kind of what you already know essentially, but just right. like helps you to feel seen a little bit more For and give sure. you like a little bit more of like uh, direction. So yeah, it's nice to have that validation. I've done some sessions with her like throughout the years, and yeah. she's actually connected with me to like one of my grandmas before too, and it's really special. It's really. Cool, what she's able to do um, 
Yeah, check her out. Yeah. Um, today we have Jason Tartik. We all know him from The Bachelorette. He was on Becca Kufrin's season. Love her so much. Um, he was a crowd favorite. He made it, I think, to final three. But besides that, he um, is a big finance guy. So a lot of the questions we're going to talk to him about today is just that. Like, I want to hear about how he views finances and relationships. He is currently dating and living with Caitlin Bristow, who was also a bachelorette at one point. She's super cool. And just like balancing like those hard conversations within a relationship. But that, yeah, that's something like I'm very interested in. Like, I mean, I'm single right now, but you know, I'm older now. So like the relationships mm -hmm. that I had previously, we maybe didn't talk about finances as much, but like, now it's kind of like, well, if you're going to be with someone, if you see this moving forward, like how do you initiate that conversation about finances and still keep the heat alive? So I'm really yeah. curious to hear what he has to say. I'm excited. I know because oftentimes those conversations can make or break a relationship and they're always, they're not always sexy to have, right. but like they're important to have. So like, when do you have those conversations? We'll yeah. get into it. Yeah. Yeah. So as always, make sure that you <laughs> like... <laughs> Every time I'm like, God, give us five person. stars, bitches. <laughs> Every time, make sure you give us five stars, write us a review, um, reach out to us on Good Bad Behavior Podcast. Now we're on YouTube. If you want to see all of our faces mm -hmm. and see us dance like we just did in this video, um, make sure you look for us there and stay tuned. We got a lot of cool guests coming up too, so we're yeah. excited. Yep. Enjoy. How's it going? Are you Good. you're in Nashville? Yeah, so we're in Nashville and. Um, we've pretty much been hunkered down since March. Like we've been really strict with uh, quarantining and just keeping our social, social distance from everyone. So it's just, I can't believe we're on like day, I don't know, 60 something of this. Cause we started like March 11th cause Caitlin go early. So yeah. Oh, yeah. it's been a grind, you know? Did COVID affect any of your businesses? Cause I know you're like a finance guy, like really good with numbers. Um, were you impacted? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, so I guess if, if I outlined like where I make my money, it's consulting, speaking, investments, and then uh, endorsements and stuff. And so I think the biggest areas that impacted, I mean, the markets got absolutely crushed. So the investing side definitely had an impact, but they've rebounded pretty well. And then from a speaking standpoint, like that is a whole market. I have a couple calls with a few speak, speaking agents this week at this week and just the whole context has changed, right? Because the only yeah. way that you can justify speaking in a live audience is being able to put a live audience there and put volume of people, right? And if you can't do that, then you the model doesn't make sense. So now they're kind of converting to this virtual speaking thing via different Zoom platform, but while it's still effective, I don't think it still has the same impact. Yeah. Um, so that's been severely impacted. So just like anything, right? Just adjusting during these times because a lot of the stuff I think that we will undergo now is stuff that will carry forward in this like new normal. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, it's like yeah. a new way of working and thinking outside the box, which is good, but it's it's mm -hmm. sad because you'll look back at, you'll watch TV and just see like, I saw you on a Listen to Your Heart on Monday. And yeah. you'll see like live audiences and you're like, you miss that. And it's like such a simple thing that you don't realize is like so powerful, but now it's, yeah. well, it's gone. And even when you see on TV, like you see people hand, like just common handshakes and movies yeah. and shows, or even when I was watching, listen to your heart, like gave a hug to the winner Brie. I'm uh -huh. like, what a foreign concept, like hugging someone you just met or shaking someone's hand. It feels like so abnormal when that was literally eight weeks ago. 
it's so crazy. it's just crazy how quickly things changed and how I think it's going to have a huge impact on almost like every competency of the way we live moving forward to some even, level. Even dating, like single for people sure. like Sydney and I, like now yeah. when you go in for the first kiss, it's like, wait, do you, wait, like, are, <laughs> yeah. are you it's okay? Like you the good? City talk, essentially. Yeah, <laughs> no, you're crazy. so right. Let me see I, your like, test results and not your STD <laughs> test yeah, results, yeah, exactly. your corona test yeah. results. How things have changed. You have to keep a corona card on you, right? Oh my God, I know. <laughs> Holy smokes. It's crazy. So how, like, I feel like I, I'm a dancer and uh-huh. me looking at economics and finances, we, I've always done this thing. It's not a good thing where I just kind of, it scares me a little bit, like thinking about yeah. finances and managing money. And like you, especially as an artist, you're just like, well, I want to make art and I want to keep doing that. And like, whatever money is money, but it's this new way of looking at it that I'm trying to get myself accustomed to is that like mm-hmm. money is energy, it's power can empower you um do you have advice especially for people right now who probably aren't feeling empowered especially around money and finances and business like yeah what how do we handle this time like what is something that you're telling your clients or just people that you're consulting with no so yeah no i think it's a great question sydney and i think the thing is that like when you think about our life like the way i look at it there are like three main pillars there's this professional wellness personal wellness and your financial wellness and i think the problem is that people just in general will focus on just a couple of them or they'll focus Mm -hmm. on one so they'll be really focused on their career or they're very uh focused on self-help mentally and physically within their personal lives or you have some that are just so focused on finances and chasing money and chasing everything else. And the problem is I think when you let those silos work independently of one another, it could create a lot of like toxicity and confusion and and just you you find yourself like professionally you're happy, personally you're not. Personally and professionally you're happy, but financially you're a mess, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that to your exact point is while there are people that are focused in certain careers that have nothing to do with money, it's really important that you look at your your professional lifestyle, your financial literacy and profile, and your personal happiness as one, because they're Mm -hmm. all so dependent on each other. And I think at a time like now, like, we have this uh, this group, this consulting group called Restart. Like, and there's just so much that actually like lives behind that name. And I say that because the whole world, every country, every city, almost every family, at some level, has experienced change through this time. And in my, you know, personal opinion, change could do one of two things. It could completely derail you from the vision that you uh, expected and what you thought was coming. And like Sydney, your example is perfect. You're supposed to be on tour. Like this is a huge change that completely disrupted what you were doing. But I think change also can be used as like a, a huge opportunity launch pad to new avenues, detours, and different successes. And you could go through, you know, I could sit here and talk for days about people who have done it, right? Like, you know, you know the Pope was a, a nightclub manager and uh, Whoopi Goldberg used to be a funeral home artist, right? Like every, Brad Pitt used to drive limos for strippers. Like everyone at their life that achieved like greatness and wild things has had to use change uh, to their advantage at some point. So in my opinion, while this is a tough, tough situation to be in, it's a great opportunity to like really look in the mirror and self-analyze what you're doing uh, professionally, personally, and financially. And, you know, if it makes sense to, adjust things a little bit. Um, it is a great time to just kind of 
think and make sure you're like aligned and on the right track. Such a good time right now to like self-analyze and like address every single thing that like you need to work on because if you're not going to do the things in life that are typically a pain in the ass to get to on a daily basis because there's so much noise and things going on, you know, if you're not going to do those things now, when are you going to do that? So mm -hmm. I just think it's such a great time to like really focus on yourself put yourself in a better position so that when quarantine is done, like you're, you're back on track or you're at least adjusting accordingly to things you got to adjust. Yeah, I love that. And Sydney and I were talking earlier too about then finances in a relationship because like, as Sydney said, for dancers like she and I, it's a little bit intimidating sometimes when you go into a new relationship, like talking about finances. So do you have any tips about like how to bring the conversation up and still keep the heat alive kind of thing? Yeah, for sure. I think like one of the, the biggest things that irks me are when people in relationships use money as a tool of power for leverage. So mm -hmm. like, that's one of the biggest things that like, it doesn't matter, you know, who who's making more money, who may have greater wealth. Like, I don't think as far as relationship goes, it's imperative that the line is drawn in the sand and that that is not used as a tool of power leverage. You can't speak in a disrespectful manner because you're making more money than your partner, things like that. And I think that goes on too often. But if you look at like divorce rate, what's crazy is that almost the number one factor correlated to divorce is actually some type of financial situation or issue. So I think it's just about having clear expectation like if you're in a very serious relationship and moving towards marriage you know everyone has a customized approach to how they deal with this stuff i think it's just like anything there has to be expectations of like what's tolerable and what's not tolerable um some of the other stuff people talk about when they're just dating is like bringing too much debt into the relationship mm -hmm. they're like i feel bad i'm buried with debt i don't you know i want to clean up myself financially before i put any burdens on anyone else and I think that's just like a huge point is like anyone that is listening right now, if you have student debt, credit card debt, you know, automobile debt, like debt is not a terrible thing. Like don't freak out. But the worst thing you could do with debt is not manage it appropriately. Mm -hmm. And I think just having like a pretty good hold on what's going on financially in your life give you so much more confidence in other areas that are going to shine through, right? When you, when you feel good about where you are at financially, you're going to carry a different energy, a different confidence. You're going to speak in a different manner. And again, again, it goes, you talk about dating, like you attract what you are. I don't care what anybody says, like you attract what you are, what energy you put out. And, um, you know, I think you set a certain expectation of who you're going to attract when you have things that you're very proud of professionally and financially. Totally. Um, yeah. yeah. And it's like, a like you said earlier, the balance of all of your parts of your life and money is a part of that. And by ignoring mm -hmm. it, it's not going to get any better. And it's just like your own wellness essentially is by looking at all aspects of your life as a whole and like how, how you can bring them all to a higher level, essentially. It's yeah. not one exactly. or the other. It's not like one versus the other. It's like, it's all as a whole. So for yeah, people for that sure. are dating now or just or not, not a lot of people are dating right now because they're online <laughs> but like no. as far as just like the simple one-on-one -on -one dates from the beginning like what is your what is your perspective on like who pays for the check and like when is it okay to start splitting bills when is it 
like those type of like little conversations that you kind of avoid, especially when you're first starting to date and you're getting to know someone. Yeah. What is your idea on those things? <laughs> yeah, that's such a good point. I feel like that the difficult things to really get into when you first start dating are the following religion, politics, and money, mm -hmm. right? Like those are the things that like, it's like, those are all tough conversations. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, that's one thing I always struggled with that especially in the beginning of like the whole paying thing. I always felt as though, like when I was single and dating and stuff, I felt as though I like, it was my, it was my obligation to pay. Um, and I think, uh, you know, that's, I don't know why I felt that way, but I did. But I feel as though for me, what has always been great, especially like in my relationship now with Caitlin and previous relationships, is just having like a 50-50 partnership just is like, as everything goes right like no one dominates one person over the other no one you know is is makes decisions like it's a, and I feel like that's something I've carried in a lot of my relationships and that's like helped severely I was I had uh, I had a conversation with someone the other day who has a client and their client was saying that their wife didn't agree with their husband politically but they had to under no circumstances they had to vote what their husband said because there was no other option and I was like shell that i'm like i know i live in a progressive world with progressive people and you know change is good and we're moving the you know the needle forward but i just couldn't imagine the idea of voting because your husband told you to vote and it makes me that that idea makes me cringe it's like come on yeah. and i think that's the polar opposite of everything i've expected from a relationship so even if like you're going to the first date and the other person um pays for it in my opinion, there's something that says a lot to the fact that you're either offering or you're finding some sort of value. So if someone pays for dinner, you get drinks after and you find a way like, oh, I'm going to buy you a drink. Mm -hmm. You know, not necessarily it's always like dollars matching up, but I think acts mean a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's that. And then I think like once you start dating, it's the same type of thing. I think showing it's not just all give, 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 right? It's give and take. And if maybe you're not making as much money, there's other things you could do that aren't actually related to dollars, right? There's intangible value that you can add to someone's life. And I think the more we look less on dollars and relationships and more of partnership and finding ways to make each other better people, the better everyone will be off. Agreed. That's a really good point. Yeah. yeah it's it's all value that you're providing to a relationship, essentially. Yeah, yeah go ahead. And right. I love that, like exactly. not, not equating your worth to money, because I know the old me used to do that all the time. I would mm -hmm. equate my worth to like outside things, like how I looked and my finances and this and that. But it's like when you let go of that, it's kind of it doesn't have to be how you base your worth. So exactly. And I think like your worth or your value is exactly how you define it and no one else. Right. You know, while maybe someone might have a greater net worth in dollars, you might genuinely be happier um, and therefore doing certain things and achieving what you want to do. So I think, yeah. you know, there's so many like cookie cutter answers out there. And that's just not not how I think life works. Like, I think you have to customize what, you know, what success is to you and, and you know, what you define as worth. Absolutely. As far as um, yeah. then the point of like progressing relationships forward, I know that you and Caitlin now live together. Is that right? You live yeah. in Nashville. Um, so like when you're trying to take your relationship forward, when is it right to have those conversations about like, I guess, joining finances, how you're going to handle bills? Is it when you're going to take those next steps or is it like when your boyfriend and girlfriend, like when should those conversations happen? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good, that's a really good question that like, I feel as though one thing I've learned through this whole bachelor experience is like, you cannot let anybody outside 
of your vision influence the way you act, the way you talk, the way you do anything. And there, you know, Kaylin and I, we, we get so much noise, right? When are you getting engaged? Did you move too fast? Did you do this? Did you do that? And at the end of the day, I call it noise because that's all it is. And I think one thing that Caitlin and I said from the get-go is like, if we want, if we're on a, know, we're on an Instagram live or we want to post a picture, if I want to post a picture of me kissing you, I'm going to post it because I want to do it. If I want to post a picture where, you know, you're, you're being real and you're having an anxious day or you're nervous, just do it. And at the end yeah. of the day, if you stay true to yourself, nothing else matters, right? And I think that goes the same as relationships. The biggest issue I think in relationships, if I look back at like my dating history, is it's strictly communication. For mm -hmm. some reason, like we, People are just so afraid to communicate. And I had an interview on one of my real talks with the CEO of Barstool Sports, Erica Nardini, just a badass woman. She's awesome. And, you know, a lot of the stuff we talk about are lessons not learned in a textbook, but lessons learned um, just by experience. And one of the things she said is she's like, you know, if I could give some people advice, I tell them to just, you know, grow grow a pair of balls and learn how to communicate and i was like blown away i was like what did you just say and she's like people just need to like if you have something on your mind mm -hmm. say it. we do all this shit and we try and find backdoor ways to communicate and passive aggressive she's like there's so much efficiency in just saying right way right you know yeah. being being respectful with it but say what you're thinking and i think to your point in relationships is if you're not like fighting, if you're not having arguments in a relationship, I, I, I have to question, are you even communicating? Because like one quick conversation could save so many future issues, you know, come together. So I think if, you, if it's on your mind that you want to move in with your partner, you know, have the conversation. And I think for Caitlin and I, it actually came pretty easy because we were both on the same page. Mm -hmm. You know, I think she, we talked about, it was probably like after three, four months of dating where we really realized that things were aligned. And we're just like, when would it make sense to move? And we were thinking like, you know, late summer. And then it ended up being like middle, late summer. But we were just on the same page from it with a quick conversation. I think going back to Erica Nardini's point is that when you're willing to just like step up and have tough conversations, the result of it can be hours and hours and hours of work. And I think like that goes true in relationships, but also like your career. Like I remember there was one, I'm going on a little bit of a tangent here, but there was one time I got an offer from a company when I was a corporate banker and I, it was a great offer, but I didn't want to leave the bank. So what I do, I, I literally took the email, brought it to my, to my boss. And I said to my boss, listen, I don't want to leave, but the market is willing to pay me this. I thought you should know, what do you think? Mm -hmm. And he kind of like sat back and was a little floor. And he's like, all right, let me, uh, let me have a few conversations. I'll get back to you. And literally 48 hours later, I got a 20% raise. And it wasn't as much as the offer, but it was literally probably, I don't know, a three, four minute conversation that I kind of had knots in my stomach to have because yeah. it's a little uncomfortable going to your boss saying other people are trying to pay me, you know, they want to take me. But look at that five minute conversation and 20% raise. How much time and work does it take to get a 20% raise? So I think that goes true again, back to the original point. You know, if you're willing to have these upfront conversations that are difficult in your relationship, it's going to impact you personally, um, you know, with bosses and colleagues, it's going to help you professionally. And then um, it just, they all stem off each other.
about a year and a half ago, I started getting Botox. And ever since, I've been super careful and aware of preserving my skin. Valorga Skincare is the first French laboratory in aesthetic medicine, and they provide science-based skincare with effective, clinically proven results. Their products have visible results after just seven days. They are the pioneers in creating formulas used for revitalizing aesthetic injections way before Botox was even invented, and created skincare products that are infused with the same ingredients used before on those injectables. One thing I love personally is that they cater to all ages. You can start using it at 20 or at 40 years old and the benefits are just the same. Their products treat and also prevent. They are anti-aging, but you can actually slow down the aging process no matter the age. You can start using Time Filler Collection, for example, at mid to late 20s to delay appearance of wrinkles, or you can use it at 40 years old to reduce the wrinkles you already have. Valorga Skincare is giving GBB listeners 20% off. It's a one-time use only, and it's not applicable on any past purchases, and it cannot be combined with any other offers. To redeem your offer, go to us.falorga.com or you can find them on Instagram at falorgausa. That's F-I-L-O-R-G-A-U-S-A. And don't forget to use your code GBB20 at checkout. I heard a quote once. It's like the most successful people are the people who have the most awkward conversations. I think there's a lot of truth. There's a lot of truth to be said for that, you know? It's so true. And like you said, oftentimes it's like, you're just sitting in the fear of like what the conversation is going to be, but until you actually have, have the conversation, you don't really know. So just have the conversation and then work on it from there, essentially. Exactly. Creating that muscle. I had someone on the podcast too recently, and she also like you has a very successful relationship. And I think both to both of your points, it's communication, 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 just converse and have conversations and if they don't like the conversation or if it doesn't go the way you want it that's a telltale sign that okay maybe this isn't the right person for me we don't see eye to eye but it's better to have them than not so exactly and there was a there's you're right on with that there was a quote caitlin shared that we both saw the other day and it was do it scared and the Mm -hmm. idea there is like if you're going to do it just don't don't do it because of fear right like don't fear change embrace fear and it's a better thing to just do it and do it scared than just not do it all, whether it's life, relationships, communication, anything like that. Amazing. So talking about the fear of like finances and like the practicality of practicality of it, like for people that are maybe in debt right now or scared about the future of their finances, what is something that we can be doing right now? Like back to basics to restart maybe our finances as your company does or just to relook and like maybe get rid of certain expenses and things like that. Yeah. Step one is like, (laughs) first step one is like creating a profile of understanding exactly what money is coming in on a monthly basis and where the money is going. Mm -hmm. So you have to, and that whole process is called cash flow. So you have to understand after taxes, the money that's coming in and what you're spending it on. And you have to know on a monthly basis, are you having positive cash flow or negative cash flow? If you're having negative cash flow, meaning that you're spending more than you're making, you have to completely adjust your whole profile. Um, And so that's like step one. Step two is looking at your debt tables. So you wanna look at how much debt you have and the, the interest rate you're paying on that debt to make sure you're accelerating pay down for your most expensive debt. So if anyone here is listening, and you have rolling credit card debt, like credit card debt that is rolling that you're not paying off on a monthly basis, stop everything you're doing because you have, it's okay to have it, 
-hmm. but you have to get rid of it or have a plan in place to get rid of it because it will continue to like bog you down. And then I think the idea is kind of like, think about your finances as like when you go to the gym, right? So when you go to a gym and you sign up for a personal trainer, we all have different goals. Some people might want to run a marathon. Some people might want to put muscle mass on. Some people might say, I want like a 2% body fat, whatever the hell they want. Everyone has their own plan. So you have to also like customize what you're going to do and what makes sense. And for me, like, I think the idea of budgeting, just cutting everything doesn't make sense. You know, mm-hmm. if you really like, I don't know, coming up with this off the top of my head, but say, suppose Sydney, you really love fine rosé. Well, you know what? Who doesn't? Fine. Let's continue. <laughs> yeah, who doesn't? You buy rosé, do your thing, continue to do it, but let's find other areas in your spending um, to adjust. I think some quick tips to spending, like if you're trying to reduce your spending, one, look at all your subscriptions, mm-hmm. go to Apple, go to general setting, look at your subscriptions, are you using not um two if you're one of the people like me that you get emails and you keep clicking on all the deals and then you end up buying stuff unsubscribe from those um, emails that are going to force you to do it and just look at your behaviors like what are your behaviors that's triggering you to continue to spend frivolously like aggressively and find ways to like um, put solutions in place for whatever those behaviors are so but i think it comes down to debt management budgeting uh cash flow and then the last piece which people put in front of uh, the cart before the horses, they, they worry too much about investing. Investing is great, it's so important. But when you're buried with debt and you're spending too much, you gotta stop the bleeding there before you start worrying about like making money on your money. Absolutely. What's crazy is 40% of Americans right now, if they have an issue and they need $1,000 in cash, 40% of them do not have that money. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what does that tell you? That you, people just don't have a lot of cash reserves. So the first thing they tell you to do is build enough liquidity cash to support two to three months of your expenses. So whatever your expenses are, your rent, your, you know, grocery store, whatever it is, know what that is on a monthly basis. Suppose it's five grand, then you want to have at least 10 to 15 grand in cash reserves that you're not touching. So that's the idea to prepare for issues that come to fruition you know, like this. So that's, you know, from a like cash reserve perspective, that's like the golden rule. And, you know, it's great. Think about that. 40% of Americans not having a thousand dollars for an emergency if they need it. Really scary. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's crazy. And then I don't, I know you can't like predict this, but with the way that America is going right now with so many people on unemployment, what is the, what is our economy looking like right now? What do you think will happen with it? Are there things that we should be thinking about now that'll help us in the next state of what the economy is going to be? You know, that might be. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's such a hard question. If I had the answer, yeah. and I had this, like globe in front of me, I'd be like, I don't know, I'd have like a place in Italy on the water. Um, you know, the idea though, I think is that almost everyone has been wrong. That's what's crazy mm-hmm. is like looking at this whole thing, you know, our leadership at a government level has been wrong. Economists have been wrong. Like so many people haven't been able to predict what's to come. And the thing is, it's such a question mark. So I think because of that, the market is very, very, it's very touchy right now, right? Yeah. On Monday, there was this huge news that phase one of vaccinations looked really promising and the market shot up. Like it mm-hmm. went out of control. That was the day. I don't know if you, if you guys follow Barstool at all, but Dave Portnoy, Portnoy was like bragging about how much money he made. He made like a million and a half bucks in one day. It just shot up. The next day, people were starting to question phase one results. It was a little shaky. Literally, the next day, it comes right back down. So the market is moving like at such a volatile rate right now that no one really knows. Now, wild story, there's this big hedge fund manager out of New York, Bill Ackman. 
in like February, he started seeing the trend and he was one of the only guys that was able to predict what was going to happen. So he's like, I'm seeing what's going to happen. I think the market is going to absolutely crash. And he did what's called a short, he short a, a credit swap, which is very technical, but long story short, he bet against the market essentially. And as a result, his hedge fund, when the market crashed made $2.6 billion. Wow. So he was one of the only guys he was tweeting the president like early March, he's like, you got to shut this country down. I'm telling you what's coming. So not only was he trying to help, but he was also putting his money where his mouth was wow. and made $2.6 billion. So what's next is just a huge question mark to come. Like we in the paper, you know, we read the wall street every day. And it's like, everything in this is like doom and gloom. Like what's mm -hmm. not going well, every metrics a mess, but the market's performing well. And I think like the big takeaway from people, people that aren't like get big into finance that's listening to this it's like when you buy a sporting event ticket right this is how the market performs so i buy a ticket for the buffalo bills right now i pay let's say a hundred dollars for a game in december okay so i'm paying today what i expect the value of that ticket to be in december okay now if the buffalo bills and you know who knows if we get a season but suppose the buffalo bills go undefeated the value of that ticket's gonna skyrocket. That $100 ticket's gonna be worth 400 bucks. Suppose they lose every game, that $100 ticket's gonna be worth $25. So the idea is that when we buy tickets to concerts and sports games, we buy a price point today for a future expectation that could change. And that is what I think the market's doing, right? There's craziness going on, but people are paying a high premium in the market right now because the market is all cater of what people believe in the future will happen. And people, people right now, based on the market performance, have a bright outlook. They think that this, we will get a vaccination. They think that we will, you know, employment will come back. Businesses will be restructured through everything that's out there. And there is light at the end of the tunnel. So that is what the market's telling us. Mm -hmm. It's good news. I'm going to yeah. listen to this podcast like 50 times. I'm like, <laughs> Same. I have a lot to learn. <laughs> I know. It's so good. <laughs> um, I feel like also right now, um, with us sitting inside, a lot of people are finding new avenues of making money or like being creative and trying to start new outlets of funding for people that are like trying to start a business or any creative outlet that they're trying to get money from. Do you have mm -hmm. any like recommendations or like, what are the steps to starting that business? How do you support yourself in it? Like what are the steps that you can take? Yeah, for sure. So I think the, the first idea is like, as you're adjusting, you got to have a plan for like whatever you're going to do. And the basics are just like, I, I think about like Warren Buffett, he's one of the best investors. He's one of the guys when he started investing, he started just looking around. He's like, I'm going to invest in things I like, like things I, that I pick up every day. So he started, he loves McDonald's, he still goes to eat there for breakfast almost yeah. every day. He loves Coca-Cola, right? So he likes the idea of things he uses and continues to use. I think that should go like in this time of like quarantine, we're in this weird world. Think about like the things you're using, like in-home consumables, things that would have changed through this time or companies that their revenue somehow was going up during this period of complete downfall. I think those are like areas and industries and products that it makes sense to align yourself with, right? So I think, you know, you guys, uh, you know, how new the podcast is, I think it's relatively new. Yeah. Like that's a great example, right? People can listen to this from wherever. Uh, mm -hmm. It's while there's visual components, it's a lot of like on the go. And uh, it's a great way to adjust whatever you're doing because you could do things virtually. So I think it's a great example of doing it. But think about the things that are really coming together um, through this period of time. I just look at like Netflix. 
And the mm-hmm. fact that Netflix has a valuation, a market cap that's pretty much the same as Disney is crazy to me, right? Yeah. And it's just an example of like, it's never too late to start. And if you do something that is catchy, that's moving with the times, you never know where it'll go. Also with going back to the debt thing, yeah, people that are really far into credit card debt, like mm-hmm. what is your view on credit cards? How do we get ourselves out of bad situations? Do you recommend yeah. them? <laughs> That's a great question. So the first thing I want to start with credit cards is that I've, I was reading an article in the Wall Street recently, okay? So these credit card companies right now, they make like 20, 25% interest off everyone that is rolling it. But the thing is, is that if you don't pay your credit card, they have no security, right? So if you don't pay your mortgage, they'll come take your house. That's a security. If you don't pay your car, they'll take your car. When you don't pay your credit card, they don't have anything because it's all you just everyone just buys a bunch of bullshit with their credit cards, right? I do the same thing. <laughs> yeah. So the problem is, is they don't want people to default because if everyone defaults, they'll have a huge issue with their, their, um, their revenue cycle. So what they're doing right now, and the first thing that people stop paying in times of mayhem is their credit card. So they're pushing, they're giving people exemptions. So anyone that's listening to this that has credit card debt, if you have not called your credit card company and asked for at the minimum a month or two waiver, have to immediately do that. So I would say push back your credit card um, uh, waivers so you will have no late payments, uh, penalties, no interest. You can call and negotiate that. Almost every credit card company is doing it now. And then while you've created this period of grace, so let's say the credit card company says, we'll give you a two month waiver. So now you have 60 days to put a plan together of mm-hmm. no interest. And I think the best, the best way to do it is, in my opinion, is to, it's all based on everyone's situation, but so you got to find ways to reconsolidate it. And there's a lot of ways you could do it. Um, you could borrow off other money that you have, maybe in retirement. They have a lot of credit card companies now with 0% interest for like three years, two and a half years. You could re- reconsolidate it. So there's ways to do it. But at the end of the day, what you can't do is continue to pay 20 to 25%. Maybe you reduce your expenses so you can knock out the principal. But like if there's anything anyone takes away from this conversation, it's like if you have credit card debt, get rid of it as soon as possible and have a plan to do it. Can you give us a little like insight on that and like who we can be calling right now? Like how can we get rid of some of those expenses? For sure. Yeah. So, and we did a little tutorial on YouTube on the restart channel and in five phone calls, which literally took maybe 30 minutes total, we saved over nine grand. So Mm -hmm. one of the calls was to a a buddy of mine, um, his landlord in New York city. So essentially in the phone call and the email, we established credibility. We're like, listen, He's been there for six years, paying $3,500 a month for six years, right? So we did the quick math and told the guy, you know, this, we've paid you over 200 grand on time every single month. We're now in a circumstance that has caused a job impact. Once things get together and once my employment is all together, we will be back on track. Can you give us a grace period? So we didn't really know what to expect. We had a certain ask. We didn't know if we'd get it, but he ended up giving 50% discount until the end of August. So that was 1750 times five months. That was literally a six, probably like a four minute email and like a three minute phone call. Amazing. The other thing we did is we called our auto insurance. We called the credit card company. We called their gym membership. Um, and you'll be surprised anything right now that you're paying for that you can't utilize or you don't have the value that you typically would have. Companies are, are really doing good by their clients, especially the ones that have been loyal to them mm-hmm. and they're helping us out. So 
I think, you know, at the end of the day, look at what you're spending money on. I had a, you know, I was flying all the time. So it was like 55 bucks a month. I'd always have internet on my flights. Uh I called them up. Yeah. They're like, listen, don't, don't worry. You're good till July. We'll reimburse you for the last two months. You know, the customer service, like good companies are really stepping up to the plate and um, you got to make those phone calls if, if you have, you know. It's like being unafraid to one, look for those things. And then two, having the conversations, because you really never know what can come out of it. And you saved $9,000, which is so amazing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, You nailed it. Um, I want to talk about a little bit what you're doing with Restart, because I love Mm -hmm. that, like being a Bachelor Nation person, it's really Mm -hmm. cool to see someone using their knowledge, their skills, what they did before the show and utilizing it in this beautiful way. It's kind of using your platform for good, but also to empower people in a way that not a lot of people do, especially in bachelor world. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I appreciate that. That's such a nice compliment. I think it comes down to like, before you even get like, get into the restart thing, like you talk about branding and -hmm. I think anyone that's out there that's listening is like, don't brand, brand yourself based on who you are, what skill sets you have, what differentiates you, right? Like, don't let other people brand you, right? Don't let Mm -hmm. a TV show brand you. Don't let your employer brand you. Yes, you might have a title or maybe, you know, for us, you kind of have a character perception of like what you were on the show, but Mm -hmm. no one brands you better than yourself. And so I think that's kind of like what my process was like, yeah, okay, cool. You have this platform, you know, what could you do with it now? And I think for me, it, it goes back to the basics of like in a, in a 10 year period, you know, I relocated all across the country. I pursued the higher education. I dealt with some student loan debt. I learned the system of corporate America as it relates to like promotion and negotiation, business development and marketing. So it's like, how do you take all these tools and bring it to one? And I think the biggest thing I've learned is there's just like massive, massive gap between we're taught in the classroom but what we need to know to like find success in our lives Mm -hmm. and with restart the idea is just bridging that gap and so what we're doing is we 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 built this um instagram page and youtube page that's restart with jason tardic and we're putting a lot of informational inspirational stuff out there but it all aligns with building your financial profile and then also building your professional career development and so we're doing one-on-one consulting sessions Um, We're in the process now of talking and working with a lot of banks and startup funds, crowdfundings, uh, credit card companies to work with affiliations. So, you know, suppose you want to start a business, you know, we are actually right now talking to Melinda Gates's platform about like, what type of funding can we get for your startup business? Suppose you're buried with credit card debt. We're talking with a, a group that can help refinance credit card debt. If you have student debt, how to restructure it. So we're putting all these tools in place. And the goal is that if you have anything that you are looking to restart as it comes to your personal development, professional um, uh, development, or your financial profile, like we'll have a solution in place for you. So it's been really fun, but most importantly, it's been really rewarding to be able to, you know, connect with people and then on top of it, like actually change their outlook on stuff. Yeah. Great. And it's like authentic to you and your skills. That's why I think it's so successful so quickly because it, it just, feels right to watch you do that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and also, like you said before, for those people stressing right now financially, more often than not, once you have a plan in place and you can see the light at the end of the tunnel, you start to feel better. Even if you're not there yet, it's like, okay, I got this plan. And I think that's where you come in. It's like, you do all of that for them. So they don't need to worry. You get them back on track. And I think that's like a lot of people, myself included, could benefit from that. <laughs> so yeah. that's really great. 
Exactly. It's just about like behavioral and momentum, right? So you get like a small win and then you, you look for your next win, right? You yeah. suppose it's like, I really related to working out, like working out sucks. It could be a pain in the ass, but like you finally get up and you have a really good workout and you start to feel good about yourself. And you know, yeah, I'm going to go back tomorrow. And then you build momentum. I think finance and career navigation is kind of the same way. It's like kind of a pain in the ass to start. But once you get going and you start seeing results and you start seeing the way things are changing and you got momentum and when you're back, it's like, it can really be life-changing and you just keep, keep it going. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And yeah, if anyone, can you tell everyone sure. the, your YouTube channel too? Cause I feel like it's super helpful for people. Yeah. So the, the YouTube channel is cool. So we're doing tutorials on the YouTube channel. Yeah. Uh, you can find the one that we talked about where we made those five phone calls. And the other thing we're doing is we're doing these real talks. So the idea of a real talk is that like we, we focus so much in idolizing like the rich, the powerful and the famous, but like we don't do enough research on understanding how they got there. So the point is, is having like these really detailed conversations with established people. And it's not, you know, like with Erica Nardini, it's not the fact, I don't care about her being the CEO of Barstool Sports. I want to know what she did and navigated and lessons she learned to get there. And so we've had some really cool people so far. We've had the Bella twins. We've had Damon John from Shark Tank. We've had Erica Nardini, which was awesome. Colton came on right after his book, Caitlin. We got a, a really good list of people that we have interviewed and that we are interviewing. And I think there's a ton of life lessons to take from that. So the YouTube channel is called uh, Just Restart with Jason Tardick. And uh, it's been it's been a fun venture. It's been That's cool. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. the whole point of like, you have to start somewhere. And like people look at people and see like, oh, they're there. So I can never be there because of this and this. But seeing those stories and like seeing how people got to where they are and that it wasn't always a perfect road is really cool right. to watch. Yeah. Exactly. And you learned, I think just like, again, this goes back to like personal or professional, you learn that like the more, and I, actually this is one lesson I learned from Caitlin is like the more open and honest you are with yourself and where you're at, um, the more, the more honestly efficient it is. So mm -hmm. if it, the quicker that I could get my message out to people around me, of like what I'm looking to do and why I'm looking to do it and where I have issues, you'll notice that immediately the solutions start coming to fruition, right? Yeah. So I think about, I did a, a little speaking event the other day for college, right? And there's 40 guys there. And um, at the end of it, I opened it up for Q and A. We were almost done. We were like two minutes from being done. And one of the guys at the end goes, all right, I, I didn't want to ask, but I'm just going to ask, you know, I'm, I know you've never been in physical therapy. I'm in physical therapy. I want to work for a pro sports team. But like everyone's telling me there's just no way to do it. You have to have connections to get into work at a pro sports team. And I know based on our school and stuff, I'll never have those connections. What are your what are your thoughts? And I'm like, my thoughts are like when you have a concern like that, don't him and haw and wait until there's 10 seconds left to put that out there. Like put out to the world what you're looking for and you'll be amazed at what comes back to you. Mm -hmm. Ironically enough, one of my best friends had the same issue. He buried the whole stigma of not being able to get into professional sports. He is the um physical therapist for the New York Mets. And I was wow. like, literally, here's his contact information. I'll set you up with an interview. And like the next day, you, those two are talking. And now he's got a guy in MLB who wants to work with them and get them up there, right? So I think the, the quicker and, and sooner that you could just be honest with yourself, and even if your vision you think is goofy or people don't think it's, you know, the right thing to do, like break these traditions that are set in place because, you know, you got to set and live your own life and lead it yourself because no one's going to lead it for you. 
And um, yeah, if you want something, just get it out there. You'll be amazed at like how it finds, how the world will find a way to help you out, I feel like. That's Put awesome. it into the universe and it'll manifest. I love yeah, that. for sure. Yeah. I know. Exactly. I heard it before too. It's like people can be like, well, it's oversaturated. There's so many people doing the same thing, but it's like, if you are an individual and you have a value and what you put into it is not going to be exactly the same thing yeah. as what else, someone else Everyone's does. different. Yeah. So just try it and see what happens. Exactly. Yeah. And you, and like, it's amazing when you look at some of these people that have achieved greatness, like what I think like what really differentiates like them from like maybe yourself or someone else, it, it's really not much. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there's like in everyone could do it. If you have a message, get it out there. And I think it's big momentum. Like you get momentum, you get more confident, you do more research, you, you work more on things that you typically wouldn't work on. And it's amazing what you could achieve. Uh, we have final questions for you that we oh, ask yeah. everyone just Forgot. like quick yes. little ditty. And then I think we're good. So first our um, question, what's a non-negotiable in life or a relationship for you? A non-negotiable. Um, I think a non-negotiable, um, you know, first is like, just like loyalty. Like I expect that if I, if I, you know, I expect this reciprocation of like loyalty and commitment. Right. And so, um, if I lose, it takes a lot for me to gain your trust, but if I gain your trust, I will run into a bus for you. And, uh, once I gain your trust, if you lose my trust, like it's, it's done. So that's a, that's a big one for me. The other one, is just, um, I think it's like mutual, just a mutual respect, like just simple, simple things. Treat people the way you want to be treated, but be consistent with that. Like it doesn't matter what level of person you're talking to, whether it's the CEO of a billion dollar company or, you know, the janitor that comes into work after everyone's gone to clean, like treat people the way you want to be treated and be consistent with it regardless of who it is. I love that. I heard someone say once, be nice to people on the way up because you'll see them on the way down. And it's true. Oh, I like that. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Our second question, what keeps you up at night? Oh, that's a good question. What keeps me up at night is always what's next. Yeah. So like I always like, for me, I break it down in small steps. I'm like, I'm going to wake up today and make it a hell of a day. And then tomorrow I'm going to take the momentum there. Whatever I, I screwed up the day before, hopefully it doesn't repeat itself. So like if I'm up at night, it's I'm thinking about like my checklist. Like, what do I have to do? What do I do? How can I do things differently? And then I think, you know, one thing I do at night, which probably isn't the best thing, is I hate just sitting in bed actually up. So I will take out a list. I'll start writing. I'll listen to like a podcast or something just anything to like be somewhat productive because usually I get I'll get bored doing it and fall asleep so yeah night owl I love it night owl oh, <laughs> oh yeah. I've been staying up until like 3 a.m every night for no reason so maybe I'll start making lists <laughs> for quarantine it's all quarantine night. man um what gets you out of bed in the morning what gets me out of the bed is just like being motivated by what I'm doing I think I was at a point with work where I was like a corporate banker where I was just so, I remember I, I like had no desire to get out of bed. And to me, like, that's a huge problem. Yeah. And that's a good thing, like, to I put solutions in place, you got to identify red flags. And like that, like, I'm an energetic dude. For me to not want to get up and go to work, like, there's, there's problems. Yeah. And so now I wake up, like, I'm excited about what I'm doing, the impact it's having on people, and what's next. So find something that, like, and even, like, you think about working out, like, not many people like to run. So like, don't run. Like, do something, like. <laughs> Go do yoga. Do something that that aligns with uh, your motivation and passion. So I think that that aligns with work too. That's great um, advice. Um, who is someone that inspires you the most? 
we'll do a couple here. So I think one thing, like my big great take, I'll do what people that are close to me. So Caitlin, what I love about her so much is that she's relentlessly herself no matter what. And I think there's something to be taken away from that. Like even when she does something that the majority of people disagree with, she'll still do it because that's her staying true to herself. So she doesn't conform to anything and she stays in her lane and she's proud of who she is and she's relentlessly herself and will get her message out. I think there's a lot to be learned from that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, if I look at like my parents, I think I, you know, they were just such great parents and they've, you know, they've been married for over 35 years and there's so much to take away from them. And I think for them, like as their parenting, they just kept us accountable, right? It was never, it was never the principal's fault, the teacher's fault, the coach's fault. It was like, look in the mirror and like, how can you work on yourself and not pass blame to others? And then I just see like the way their relationship is. And I know a lot of stuff you talk about here is relationship based, but they just like to watch them grow and literally at the age of in their sixties, love each other more than they did, you know, five years ago, 10 years ago, it's wild. It's, it's unbelievable to see. And I, and I could just see like, they're like all relationships, they have fights, they have issues, they have, you know, like everyone does. But the thing is, is like, it all comes back to like partnership, loyalty, respect, and those are the lessons I've learned from them that I've seen them carry out in their lives uh, that has impacted me. So Beautiful. Cool. Yeah. Um, what's a mantra or a motto that you live by? Um, I think one is like, don't fear change, embrace it, right? So change can suck. It's unknown. It's a gray area. We don't know what's next, but just embrace it. Like change is coming for all of us. It's the only thing that's going to be consistent in our life moving forward. So rather than, you know, letting it completely derail you, find it as an opportunity. And we all, we, every, all three of us have experienced change, right? Like whether it's a TV show, it's a profession, it's a breakup, it's a move, whatever it is. So all these things, while there's so much negativity that can be associated with it, it's like, I think finding good in it and like channeling that forward. Yeah. Especially right now. That's a really good thing to think especially about. Especially right now. Yeah, yeah. for sure. 100%. And lastly, what's something bad that you do to help you feel good? What is something I don't drink? Valid. <laughs> <laughs> what's your go-to? <laughs> Have an edible here and there? No. Yeah. All <laughs> uh, right. So I am a, uh, I'm a big martini guy. So if I get oh. like a, a good kettle, I like kettle one as a vodka. So kettle one vodka martini on the rocks throwing some olives, maybe blue che- cheese stuffed olives. That's like, yeah. that's literally my dad every afternoon. <laughs> oh, come on. Is it the really? Blue cheese olives and everything. Yeah. I'm not kidding. And he says yeah, it's 007 awesome. martini, I guess. That's like what 007 ordered. So. Wow. Oh, I was it? it? I didn't even know that. Yeah. You're a James right, Bond kind of guy. <laughs> I'm going to call it the 007 moving yeah, forward. Exactly. I'm taking that. What's your, what are your go-to drinks? I'm a tequila Wine. girl. Wine and tequila. Wine tequila. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. They say, don't they say tequila is like the healthiest liquor out there? They say that, but I like a margarita. If I'm gonna... Same. <laughs> yeah. I like a margarita. Well, thank Jason, you thank so you much. so much. Can you just really quickly tell everyone your Instagram, your website, all of the yeah. things they can find you on? Thank you guys so much for having me. So uh, my personal Instagram is Jason underscore Tardic. Uh, the restart Instagram is restart underscore reset. And then the YouTube is restart with Jason Tardic. And then if there's anything that we touched on here that you think you would more want a more of a one-on-one plan, we're doing uh, consulting and that's, you can go to jasontardic.com and we have a whole area that you can sign up there. And, um, and yeah, so that's, that's it. Amazing. Amazing.
love it. Thank so you. many people. You are. I love it. Yeah. Learned a lot. Well, thank, thank you, you so thank much. Thank you guys so thank much. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.